few weeks ago, we celebrated baptisms, and we've got more baptisms coming on, on the way. So sometimes we celebrate things that God celebrates. Other times, though, some, sometimes the things that make God happy make us happy. Other times, though, we get happy, we celebrate, we get excited about things that don't make God as excited. Um, some of you may be on Instagram. Maybe you follow someone on Instagram and you look forward to their post every day because you get a good laugh out of it, but maybe some of the things that they're posting are a little bit off color, maybe use some language that God, God wouldn't approve of. Um, sometimes we, we kind of feel a little thrill inside when we get a juicy piece of gossip. Proverbs actually says that hearing gossip is like a, a delicious morsel that goes down deep inside of us. And so sometimes, even though that is something that God is displeased with because it is running down the reputation of another person, sometimes we get a little thrill out of that. Maybe you are binge-watching a show on Netflix, and there are elements of that show that are contrary to God's will. And if we're honest, sometimes it's even those parts of the show that, that we look forward to. Our hearts, our hearts aren't always celebrating and excited about the same things that God's heart is celebrating. And this morning, we're going to talk about the hard work of bringing those parts of our heart that enjoy things that God doesn't enjoy in line with what God's heart is. And I want to reassure you before we dive into this that this is not at all about stamping out your enjoyment of life. It's actually about embracing what God says is life-giving. So if you would take a Bible and turn with me, we're going to take a few moments here and look at 1 Corinthians 13 again. If you haven't been with us we're in a series looking at God's description of love. Last week, we looked at the fact that love is not resentful. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. And I heard from a number of people after the service and then this, this week for whom that really hit home. And I know for me, it's always good to have a refresher on forgiveness. So if you missed that last Sunday, it's available online for you to catch up. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. And then verse 6 is where we're camping for a few moments this morning. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. As we talk about this this morning, I want to recast the word rejoice because it's not an everyday word for, for most of us. Most of us, you know, if you invited Aunt Sally for Thursday lunch and you weren't sure if she's going to make it and you get that call, hey, Aunt Sally's coming. Most of us don't say, hey, Aunt Sally's coming. I rejoice. Rejoice with me. We don't say that. We say, I'm excited that Aunt Sally is going to be able to come. And so I just want to recast this a little bit. NIV actually translates this, love does not delight in evil. And, and uh, this, this is from a, a Greek lexicon, so it stands on good authority. That, that This word rejoice can be translated as to enjoy a state of happiness, 
to be glad, to be full of joy. Well, naturally, rejoice means that. And so I just want to use the word celebrate this morning. And I want to call us to evaluate what we celebrate. What causes your heart to be happy? What causes you to get excited? As we said, there's a lot of things that that can make our heart happy that God loves and approves. But what about the things that make us happy that God disapproves of? For example, some expressions of love, and I'm gonna use air quotes for, for love, God does not approve of. I mean, it's no coincidence that Paul is writing this letter to the, city, to the church in the city at Corinth whose patron deity was Aphrodite, the goddess of love. And so one of the ways that people in this pagan city would worship Aphrodite was to engage in sexual immorality. That's what was happening in this city around this church. And not only that, but inside of the church, if we went back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we would find that Paul was confronting the people in the church because there was immorality going on inside the church. Uh, A young man was having an affair with the wife of his father, his stepmother. Paul said, this isn't even going on outside of the church. This shouldn't be happening. And, And he says, you're arrogant about it. You're, you're like feeling good about your, yourselves. And he said, that shouldn't be happening. You should be repentant. You should be sorry. You shouldn't be saying, wow, we're saved by grace. God has forgiven us our sins, and so we can do whatever we want. We can live whatever, however we want. Paul says you should be re- repentant because, he tells us in verse 6 here, love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Love doesn't celebrate what God doesn't celebrate. Our culture right now, And it's not just right now, it's been happening for a long time. Our culture is celebrating a lot of activities, a lot of lifestyles that God does not approve of. And I wanna let you know of something that you might wanna put on your calendar. Um, At the end of January, we are gonna be hosting a conference on biblical gender and sexuality. And so controversial topic, but I keep hearing from people over and over and over again who are dealing with this on a variety of levels. So some have a family member who is embracing a lifestyle and they're saying, I, I love this person, I wanna show love to this person, but how do I do that without condoning the decisions that they're, they're making? Some individuals themselves are, are wrestling with their own identity. And and then we have those of us in leadership who are trying to figure out how do we minister with grace and truth to someone who believes differently than we do. So that's gonna be the last Friday night and Saturday of January, the 27th and 28th. We are gonna co-sponsor that uh, conference with Crossing Community Church. So we're looking forward to partnering with them in that. Please mark your calendar, please be praying. For, for that and plan for God's grace to, to work through that. Whether it is sexual immorality, whether it's gossip, whether it is greed, whatever it is, it, it is good for us to evaluate what we celebrate. And Paul offers us an alternative to celebrating wrongdoing. He doesn't say just stop celebrating. He says there's something else to, to celebrate. 
Love, verse six says, does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. See, love celebrates what God says is right. Love doesn't just celebrate what I think is right or what my culture around me says is right or even what a family member says is right. Love celebrates what God says is right. I wanna talk about truth for for just a moment because Paul's saying that love rejoices with the truth. God's perspective on truth is different than our culture's perspective on truth today. So the postmodern world got tired of having people in, in power, people in institutions, whether that's government or even religious institutions, telling them a truth, and I'm using air quotes again on that, telling them a truth that really just benefited the institution, really just benefited somebody who was selfish and in charge. That's a real thing that has happened down over the ages. And the postmodern world said, we're, we're tired of somebody else telling us what they want us to believe is true when it really is just benefiting them. And so the alternative to that, what, what the postmodern world has come up with is to say, well, truth now is what I decide truth is. I'll decide what is true. And there's a problem with that, and I wanna give you an extreme example of where that will take us to. Um, at the end of the day, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna share a real life example, and I'm gonna just warn you up front, please, I, I'm not sharing this for you to laugh at, although you might find it amusing. It's actually really tragic, and, and we should be sad about it. I'm also not sharing it with you so that you can scoff at it, um, because it really just needs our compassion. I'm aware of a real life situation where a teacher has in her classroom third grade student who is identifying now as a dog. And so this student comes to school with a collar on, a dog collar on, uh, wearing ears and a tail. They wanna be identified as a dog. Now we, we could give a hundred, we could give a thousand illustrations of, of issues similar to that, that's an extreme one, but all of them would boil down to the issue of identity. And who am I? And what God tells us is, I am not who I say I am. I am who God says I am. And that's where truth begins for us as as a personal, as an individual. And so Paul says love rejoices with the truth as God defines truth. So that's true for us on a personal level but then God defines what is true in his word. God defines what truth is. Psalm 119, which if you're familiar with that, is a very long song celebrating God's truth. Psalm 119, 111 says, your testimonies, God, are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. God's intention is that our hearts would take joy, would rejoice, would celebrate over God's commands because he wants good for us. See, here's what we need to see, is that that finding our happiness in unrighteousness and in wrongdoing is really a result of deception. It's really believing a promise that cannot deliver on its promise. This traces back to the garden. Genesis chapter three, the serpent promising 
the first woman, the first man, more than he could deliver, and deceiving them to disobey God. We'll recount this here on the screen. God, this is the serpent to the woman. God knows that when you eat of the fruit that's been forbidden to you, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God. Wow, my heart might thrill at that. My heart might celebrate. Wow, wouldn't it be cool to be like God, knowing good and evil? So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, there's our celebrating kind of word again, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate, and they found that their life was so much more fulfilling, and they exploded with rejoicing and celebration. No, that's, uh, it doesn't say that, does it? Their eyes were opened. They knew that they were naked. They were promised happiness and delight, and what they got instead was a loss. They, they lost the presence of God because he would come every day and walk with them in the garden. They lost that. They lost paradise, this perfect place that God created. They lost God's provision of a rich, full life. Deceit led to disobedience, led to death, ultimate spiritual death for them, See, God's, here, here, if you don't hear anything else that I say today, God's truth is not given to us to restrict our enjoyment of life. God's truth is given to us to free us from the deceitfulness of the world so that we can actually enjoy life the way God intended for it to be. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. Albert Barnes says this, all sin, error, and vice will ultimately ruin the happiness of anyone. I wanna read that sentence again. All sin, error, and vice will ultimately ruin the happiness of anyone. And as love desires their happiness, it desires that they should walk in the ways of virtue and is grieved when they do not. And so this is a good time to point out the fact that correcting someone in your life who is out of line with God's will for them is a loving thing to do. Our culture says that's not loving. Our culture says the loving thing to do is you just affirm whatever somebody thinks is best for them. But Again, I would say with, with Daryl, when he spoke to us a, a couple of weeks ago, he said, that's not love. <laughs> this is love. The loving thing is not to celebrate or affirm or overlook when someone is doing something against God's will. It's actually to carefully and humbly balance grace and truth in bringing correction to them. That's what we want to do with this conference, by the way. This conference is not here to bash anybody and it's not here to gloss over truth. It's here to bring grace and truth in balance to the best of our ability to be like Jesus calling. And, and so when you have someone in your life that you confront, you wanna call them to obedience, which is the path to life because love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. Love celebrates what God says is right. So it's healthy for us to evaluate what we celebrate. And in your evaluation 
of your own private celebrations, if you find something there, and you probably will, that you celebrate, that you find enjoyment in, that you find happiness in, that is out of line with God's will, can I just encourage you to surrender that to the Lord and say, God, I'm giving this over to you because I, I don't want anything in my life that's polluting me or getting in the way of my relationship with you. And in doing that, in surrendering that to the Lord, you have to trust. This gets to the core of what we find comforting, what we enjoy in life. We, we have to trust that God is able to fill those spaces in our hearts with things that are righteous and are good. Psalm 84, 11 says, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. God's not trying to take something away from you that's good for you. If he's taking it away, or if he's withholding something from you, it's because it's not good for you. But let's ask him to reshape and remold our hearts so that we can, can love what he loves and enjoy what he has given to us, the good gifts he's given. Would you stand with me, and we're gonna pray, and then we will be dismissed. Father, remold, reshape our hearts to love what you love, to, to, um, to enjoy what you have given us that is good. Lord, redefine in our hearts what we define as good so that we would see that what you give, every good and perfect gift comes down from your hand and you withhold no good thing from us. Lord, may we embrace your love, which, which wants only our good and, and walk away from the things of the world that only pollute us. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.